Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Well, praise God. I, we're going to pick up in uh, Psalms, um, the Psalms tonight, in, um, in Psalms 8, What is Man? We're going to continue that. Because uh, as I study the Bible, I see that that's the area of redemption that matters the most. Because God gave man dominion in this planet, and he's affecting, um, he, has the, he has the effect on the outcome. He has the effect on the outcome because of how God created him and the authority that he gave him. And um, the Bible said that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And what I see that was lost, most important thing that was lost was man's dominion. He lost his dominion. He lost control over his own life. And um, he lost control over his own life. And um, I was reading a book, and I don't do a whole lot of book reading, but I read my Bible. My Bible is primarily my, my main reading. But I don't think he's the uh, CEO of... Um, think it's General Electric anymore. His name is Bob Welch. And, and the name of his book was Control Your Own Destiny or Somebody Else Will. Amen. If you don't control your own destiny, he found that out, that someone else would control it for you. Someone else will make your decision. Someone else will determine your mindset. Someone else will give you your vocabulary. Someone else will tell you what you ought to do as an occupation. Someone else will tell you where to live and how to live. But all of those things should come from the Word of God. All of those things should come from the plan of God for your life. And um, I, was, I, was, I remember when I was about, I don't know, I was going into high school, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And this is the reason why real Christian schools are important. I'm not talking about just any Christian school. But that should be a place that you go every day to find out your destiny. Our institutions don't help people find their destiny. They give them information. They give them facts and information, but they don't help people find their destiny. Um, there is no such thing as an education and you don't know God. That, I don't know what that is, and somehow we believe that that is an education. Now, real education knows God. Amen. And this should start at the early stages in life where you know the plan of God for your life. Like, uh, I'm thinking about Samuel. Samuel was brought up in the temple of God. And um, his mother took him there. And, and in that temple, and everyday, uh, everyday living, God began to speak to him. And began to visit him in the night season and began to talk to him as an eight-year-old boy. Children should be having visitations from heaven. You shouldn't get to an adult and wonder, who is God? And you got all kinds of degrees and everything like that. Well, that's why, and it happens. It happens every day in living. And I was, I was, of a story I was going to tell. I was uh, in the, my mother and my sister were in the kitchen. And I just went in and started talking. And, and, and I think my mother was doing her hair or something like that. They were working on some hair project. It seemed like. And I wandered into the kitchen, and she said, uh, Keith, and she started talking about my career. She said, Keith, you ought to be a doctor or an engineer. And 
I never knew somebody noticed something I was good at or thought I was good at. She sa I said, why? She said, you're good at math. I didn't know I was good at math. But anyway, for some reason, she picked up on that. And I said, uh, she, I said, why you say that? She said, you're good at math. I said, really? I said, how long you got to go to school to be a doctor? And she said, eight years. And I didn't really like school. I said, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, that ain't happen. I don't like school now. Why would I want to go for eight more years? <laughs> Listen, you're going to be in uh, education the rest of your life. If you're not learning, you're not growing. And so I didn't know that then. I, was, I, had this, I had this dislike for school. Anyway, the reason why I had a dislike for school because everybody around me had a dislike for it. I, didn't, I wasn't around anybody that talked positive about getting an education. And now you look back at them, they didn't. <laughs> but anyway, 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 I broke away from that group some kind of way. I got away from that group. So I said, how long do you got to go to school to be an engineer? She said, four. I said, that'll work. I said, I guess I can add four more to this 12. And, uh, and so that's how I ended up being an engineer. It wasn't praying. It wasn't seeking God. It was a conversation in the kitchen about ability I had. And then halfway through college, uh, I committed to live for God my holy for the rest of my life. And that's when I started hearing from heaven and the presence of God started coming into my life. And uh, God spoke to me in my apartment. He said, Keith, you're going to be a pastor. I said, well, you want me to leave and go to seminary? He said, heavens no. He said, uh, stay in school. And I'm serious about that, especially the ones that were available to me. Stay in school. And eventually, uh, a couple of years after that, I, I graduated and met, and eventually, you know, story, I met Dr. Jacobs. And he and I were just talking one day at a church picnic. He said, Keith, you called into the ministry, aren't you? I said, I've never told anybody that. And it, at that point in my life, my life began to go on a spiritual journey to find out really what I'm supposed to be doing in life. So the question is, what is man? He, he should be a being that's hearing from heaven about everything he does. That's, he should be a being that's hearing from his heavenly father about everything he does. And when you, at this point in your life, you want your life to have spiritual milestones. That wherever I am, I heard from God. Whatever I'm doing, I heard from God. The people I'm with, I heard from God. Everything I do every day, heaven gave me that assignment. And that's what man is. He is not a person that is left to his own intellect, looking at assessing his own talents and abilities and deciding what he's going to do with them. Because sometimes you can be a multi-talented person, but if you don't know how to use those abilities, you can live your whole life and miss God's plan for your life. And that's not what man is. Man is, is on track with God. He walks in close fellowship with him. He's like him. He bears his image and his likeness. So let's get into this because that's what was lost when Adam disobeyed God and his wife was deceived and then they worked together to obey Satan. Now I'm going to read this. I'm going to quote this verse because I don't think I have time to turn that. The Bible said, whoever you listen to for instruction, that's who your Lord is. And that's in Romans 6.16. Whoever you yield your hands, your mind, your body to, whatever you're listening to, that's your master. 
because it has, it has a voice and it's causing you to do what you do, say what you say, go where you go, and those things surmise me into something. And what a real sinner, well, you know what a sinner is? A sinner is a person that can't hear from heaven. They're cut off from God. They don't have his nature. They don't have his image, and they don't have his likeness, and they are subject to listen to voices that don't come from heaven. They're listening to voices. So whatever they do, they are influenced by a realm that, that, that is uh, not the throne of God. It is not the voice of God. When you see the life of Jesus, you see somebody that's here, and everything he does comes from heaven. And he has the Father's image and the Father's likeness, and so what you're watching is what God would do if he was here. And so Jesus is the manifestation of the image and likeness of God in a man, letting us know this is you. This is what you're called to do. This is what you're called to have. This is your assignment in life. The works I do, you shall do also. And so the enemy, and we'll see this tonight in the word, his number one job is to block image. His number one job is to block what God is like to man. That's why he can't stand church. That's why I start having all this turmoil as soon as I start getting to the completion line with the project. <laughs> That's why you don't let demon-inspired people work. People that are capable inspired. Let me say this again. People that are capable of being influenced cannot be close to you in leadership. People that don't hear from heaven and have the potential to be influenced by darkness doesn't need to be around leadership because eventually they're going to say something and they're going to do something because they're subject to deception. That's what happened to Judas. He's close. He started off real good. He just started off real good. Then all of a sudden he started borrowing from the money bag and, and started doing things that are crazy. I've been, I've been doing this. You know, I've been in church leadership since I was 30 years old. I'm 61 now. So I've been in church leadership for 30 years. I watch people that, that start off with you with the greatest intentions, with the greatest, seem like, character and talents and abilities and gifts. And if you don't guard your heart and you don't guard yourself, you can never have a private agenda and a personal motivation in the kingdom of God. It should always be about doing things God's way. What happened to Judas, he had to start having a personal agenda. He thought Jesus was going to set up a personal kingdom and become king. Well, so he, he heard it. He heard a whole lot. He heard a, a whole mob of people want to make Jesus king. So he thought he might be the assistant king. And a lot of times they had disagreement and arguments about who was going to be the greatest among the disciples. And it affected their anointing. So it does a, you, the Bible says you have to examine, you have to watch yourself. The devil is, is about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour or deceive. If you have a personal agenda, he watches you. If you have a, you have, you, if your person has got a, has got an esteem issue and you want to use the church and, and, and some position you want to, or something you want to, he watches that. He watches that. You have to be a person that say, I'm just, I'm a person that, and, who, and, and whatever Father wants for me to do, that's what I'll do. There's no job too small. 
There's no job too small for me to do in the kingdom of God. And whatever the ministry needs to fulfill the assignment on it, I will do it. I will not be a person that has to be doing this or doing that to feel like, to get a sense of importance. You are important because you are the child of the Most High God and your name is written in heaven. Amen. And you are seated with him in heavenly places. Nobody picks their assignment in the earth. So you shouldn't assess importance about what you do in there. Because no, if God's going to tell you what your, what your purpose and your destiny is, what he's given you and called you to do, and you heard it from heaven, then that's the most important thing you can be doing. Looking at what somebody else is doing and comparing yourself to them, the Bible says that person is lacking wisdom. If you compare yourself among yourself, I'm not supposed to be looking, driving down the street, talking about, well, I wish I had a church that big. That's, that's an idiot statement. You don't even know what it takes to do that. You don't even know what it takes to even function in that kind of purpose and ministry. You don't even know what it takes. You don't look at people's uh, uh, bricks and blocks and, and what they do and find, try to find out. Five, what I'm doing right now is 5% of what I do. Some of them around me now and help them in the building every day as we could be finalizing things and they see what I'm doing every day. I look at them. I say, so you want to be in the ministry? Yeah. You're getting to see what I got to deal with every day. Sometimes the people that are demon-possessed and all kinds of stuff like that. And then you come, you know, praise God. <laughs> Listen, and nothing be terrified of your adversary. I'm just telling you that right now. We over here in, 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 in uh, Psalms 8. Amen. Jesus took the, the, the worst job the body of Christ had to offer. Going to hell. <laughs> he, took the, he took the worst job. If, if, upon this rock I build my church. He took the worst job the church had. Somebody got to take the cross. Somebody's got to be beat to, the, to a pulp where your, your visage and your face don't even look like you're a man. Somebody's got to do that job or there is no church. Somebody's got to do that job or there is no outpouring. Somebody's got to do that job or there is no laying hands on the sick. There is no casting out devil. There is no seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There is no heir of God in a joint heir with Jesus Christ. There is no I do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask to think. Sometimes the jobs that nobody wants to do are the jobs we need in order for us to be successful. Amen. Those are the jobs that we need in order for the church to have value, the church to have character, and the church to have honor. Those are the most important ones. And there's not one assignment that we have to have accomplished in this church that is not important. Well, I don't want to do that. That's somebody that's going nowhere. That's somebody that's not going to succeed. Well, what do you want to do? What I feel like doing. Well, you're already doing that. <laughs> well, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Psalms, uh, Psalms 8 verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him? Amen. When I was reading in, uh, in uh, Matthew 16 verse 18, upon this rock I build my church, he's building a place to dwell. When he says I'm building my church, it's talking about a place to dwell. He's talking about a place where he can manifest his person, his heart, 
manifest his heart. God has to have a place where he can manifest. The devil wants people because he uses people for his manifestations. He uses people for his works. And he knew that God created man for his purpose, for a manifestation of the glory of God. He is diametrically opposed to God. So he wants to use men to, to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus wants to use them to promote life and life more abundantly. And so you have to determine in his life who's going to use you because you are going to be used. You got to determine in this life who is going to use you because you are going to be used. All life, when I preach out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says that every life is influenced by the realm of the Spirit. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care where they are. Every person. And a lot of people think, well, I'm just doing my own thing. Well, that's the, what the devil does. His own thing. That's, that's his thing, doing what he wants to do. No, when a person lives like it, they are demonically influenced. I'm just telling you, they're demonically influenced. So let's look down here. It says, he visited him, which means man is how God manifests in the earth. I'll say it again. Man is how God manifests his will and his purpose and how he executes redemption and his plan in the earth. He is looking for a person. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord uh, run to and fro through the earth and, and trying to find somebody whose heart is turned toward him so that he can fill that heart with his presence, with his person, with his will, with his word, with his power. And so they can go through the earth and manifest and produce what he wants in the earth. And that's who Jesus is, the producer of what God wants in the earth. Well, what is the church supposed to be? To produce of what God wants in the earth. Every person should be hearing from heaven for what they do. And if you do, get ready for accelerated lifestyle. Get ready for God to move you into things faster than you've ever gone before. He said, and seeking the kingdom is allowing God to use you to manifest what he wants in the earth. Never for the rest of your life show up in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. How do you do that? Keep hearing from God. You'll never... You'll never be out of the plan of God. You'll never be out of the glory. You'll never be out of the purpose and, 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 and plan of God for your life if you're listening to heaven. When I graduated from college, I had three choices. Could have lived in New York. Could have lived in Texas. Could have moved to Indiana. I had to listen to my heart. I didn't know a whole lot about listening to God. One of the reasons was I said, I don't want to move far away from my mom. I'm a mama's boy. Is anybody like that? I said, mama going to be... In Nashville, I'm in Texas. That's a 15-hour drive. I know I ain't going to be coming home. New York is even longer. Look at old Indiana sitting down now. And I just had a drawing to that place. My pastor's there. My pastor's there. God's got to get you where your pastor is. <laughs> if my pastor's not in the city, I ain't staying in the city. I'm just telling you, I'm moving. I can make money anywhere, amen, but I cannot make a living without God. Amen, I can make money, people call making money a living, no it's not. You can be dying with money in your pocket. You can be crazy with money in your pocket. You can be sick with money in your pocket. Your mind, your body, your family could be falling apart with money in your pocket. 
Pastor Cynthia and I was talking about, we was talking about this week, how people live in mansions and are going crazy. Living in big old houses, don't even want them anymore. What do I get this for? Can't live in one room at a time. But if you make room for God, then you've done something with your life. If you make room for God in your heart, you've done something with your life. And that's the only thing that's going to count. He said here, he says, for thou made him a little lower than the angels. And, and this interpretation is Elohim. And Elohim does not refer to angels. It refers to God. When you look this word up in the Hebrew, and I lined it through my Bible, I made a line through my Bible. Whoever the translator was, was shaking, he didn't want to say you made him a little lower than God. No, he's, he, he made him like God, and he was supposed, he's assigned to obey God and to respond to his commands and to honor God. That was Adam's assignment. So, and when we say this, he made him a little lower than Elohim, then we're talking about he made him a little lower than God. So in all of creation, man ain't got but one boss. It's not demons. It's not demons. It's not running from demons. I am, when you look at man in the order of creation, he is in, he is in ascendancy to God and him only. And the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 1, 4, said angels are your servants. They are assigned to help you carry out the assignment on your life because you're going to have spiritual attacks against your life. You're going to have spiritual attacks against your life, and you have angelic beings assigned to you to help you carry out whatever heaven's called you to do. When Dr. Jacobs was preaching on, he said angels involved in the healing ministry. Well, I just got kept looking all over the Bible. I said, where is that at in the Bible? He would get up and teach how angels helped him in the ministry and everything. I kept saying to myself, wait, why is that in the Bible? Angels involved in the healing ministry. And then one day, I read it real slow. Are they not all? <laughs> Servants, ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who are heirs of salvation or to them who are heirs of salvation. So whatever you do, they become ministering servants in whatever you do for what you do. Amen. So if you run in a, if you run in a nursery, you got angels that are helping you. Walking all around that nursery with them little kids in there. So nothing crazy happens in there. Amen. They are helping you. Whatever you do, they are assigned to help you do. So if you have a healing ministry, there they are to help you in the healing ministry. They are assigned to churches. They are an innumerable. The Bible said we have come in the company of an innumerable company of angels. You can't fail if you do this the right way. Amen. If you get the mind of Christ, amen, you can't fail. When, when the Bible said when, he was, when, when, when Jesus was being tempted, uh, with those, those uh, 40 days being tempted in the wilderness, he was being tempted and he was on a fast. The Bible said after the fast, the angels came and strengthened him and ministered to him. They can minister strength to you. They make sure you finish your assignment. They are involved in your prosperity. They are so excited they get to help. Dr. Jacobs preached a message. He says, uh, uh, the people won't get, let us get involved with them. You can't just talk any kind of way. When, 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 when you're receiving ministering spirits, they wait for you to speak the word. They wait for because they, they will respond to the word of God. So when you say we're delivered from every evil work, they put a garrison about you. Amen. Praise God to keep Corona and all that kind of stuff out of your life. 
They are there to do that. And if you would really look at a New Testament believer's house that is, that is living the plan of God, and if God would roll back the, the, the rim of, of the unseen so you could see it, you would see a host of angels around him. You'd begin to stand up straight, praise God. You'd begin to stand up straight. You would change what you think about yourself. Amen. You'd probably go in and get your hair done all over again. Praise God, start ironing your clothes instead of going around with wrinkles in. Because you would say, man, I'm all that in a bag. Look at this. Look at this is what you would begin to see. But the just shall live by faith. You got to get in the word and believe this. Jesus said to function in the kingdom, you're going to have to change the way you think, and you're going to have to believe what I made for you. You're going to have to believe the angels are there. You're going to have to believe in their divine protection. And how do you do that? You get in the word, Father, I want to thank you for the angels. Amen. Bible said the angels do God's commandment. They do what he says. They hearken to the voice of his word, but it's our job to give voice to the word. Amen. The Bible said the redeemed of the Lord shall say so. The angels are waiting for you to talk about your redemption. You got to say, I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. And they'll get up and they'll garrison around you to keep things from coming your way. I'm delivered from every evil work. Oh, and then they, boy, they're going to get excited about that. That means they get to deliver you from everything. Planes falling out of the sky, car wrecks happening, watching your children when you are not around. I'm delivered from all of it, praise God. Amen. You get to say that. They listen to how you talk about the word because the word is their assignment in respect to you. They are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Your salvation is, is delineated in the word of God. And so when you begin to talk about your salvation and talk about your redemption, they get stirred up because they get on assignment. They take your prayers to heaven and they make sure they get answered. They put them in vows of gold, put them up before God, and then send them back into earth to execute them. If you saw your angelic crew, you would pray without ceasing. You would begin to make confessions. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed coming out. That Praise God. Angels get involved in your blessing. That's how J Jacob became a multimillionaire down there with a man trying to change his wages and cheat him. Angels got involved in his prosperity. Jacob said, they kept me my whole life long. They redeemed me from all evil. If it hadn't been for my angels, y'all, y'all think I'm, you think something, you, you look at me now, praise God, they would have been worse than this if I had got my angels. You need to get your angels charged up. Praise God by speaking the word of God. You are in ascendancy over them. They are your servants. And this is what God is trying to tell you. I created man in my image and my likeness, and I gave him dominion over the entire planet. I didn't give it to an angel. I gave it to you in a body that's covered with glory, filled with my image and my likeness. Now, go speak my word and do what I said. The church is going to have to get his image back. And the way we get it is through the word of God. What is man? He's like Jesus. Amen. It's like Jesus. And so I have to get perfected in what I'm assigned to do. Look what he says right here. He says, that made him a little lower than Elohim and crowned him. Come on now. I'm crowning you. You got a crown on you with glory. Glory was man's crown. It was his covering. When Adam said he was naked, it's because he had lost his covering. He was trying to cover himself. He was trying to cover himself. 
And people have to quit trying to cover themselves. You got to quit trying to cover yourself. You make a mistake, repent. Don't try to cover yourself. Don't do penance and beat yourself on the back. Let the blood cover you. Let God be your covering. Don't believe you your protector. Let God be your covering. Amen and protector. Don't believe you. Don't come in here saying Jehovah Jireh, my provider, and then worry about every kind of expense all week long. You don't believe that. You're trying to cover yourself. <laughs> don't come in here saying Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Don't come in here and act like you're not prospering either. Don't come in here and act like you're not increasing. Don't come in here and look at everybody else that's moving forward and wonder what's wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You got to renew your mind and praise God and say, it's a place at the table for me. Amen. My cup runneth over. If you don't say something about your cup, it'll stay empty. David had to say, my cup. He didn't talk about nobody else's cup. You can be sitting at the table going hungry. <laughs> you can be sitting at the table sick, broke, busted, and disgusted. Yes, you can. With a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a crown on your head, praise God, and the glory of God on the inside of you. Why? Because I haven't repented, and I'm not believing. We got to do those two commandments. In order to manifest the image and likeness of God, we're going to have to commit to change. Amen, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm committing to change. I'm committing to renew my mind. And how you do that, you get in the word. And say, Father, I, I, you know, Jesus said, I'm restoring what was lost. I receive the glory back. I receive the honor back. It's been restored. The glory has been restored. And the more you talk about it, the more you talk about the glory of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory's on the inside of me. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You have to say these things. You have to talk about You have to talk your redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You have to start talking about your redemption. You're going to have, every person is responsible for renewing their own mind. Amen. Look what it says right down here. And it says right here. And thou madest him that, that, and crowned him with glory and honor. Now, honor... <laughs> honor, I was preaching this one time, the dominion works where the glory and honor dwells. The dominion works where the glory and honor dwells, which means that God wants you to take the keys of the kingdom and begin to speak to things. And because you are crowned with glory and honor, all creation knows that you are the master. It talks about it over in Luke chapter 17. Jesus is trying to restore our dominion back. He did to restore our dominion back. We got to receive it. When you speak to something, it's listening to the person that is crowned with glory and honor. That's why you don't do dishonor. Because your dominion is tied to it. Your dominion is tied to it. That's why you don't tamper with your glory because your dominion is tied to it. The Bible said in John chapter, Gospel of John chapter 1, that Jesus was, uh, he was the glory of God. Amen? They said he was, that glory was all over. Let's look at this over here in, um, let's go over here in first in the Gospel of John. Let's look at that verse. 
that, uh, that he was cloaked in glory and grace and we beheld his glory. Come on now. Amen. It says, and it says here, um, understanding that this is, uh, this is our, this is our identity we're reading. It says right here, and I, and I want to do this, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to start at verse 1, even though I'm trying to get to verse 14. You're going to get 14 extra verses. Didn't you get blessed today? It says, in the beginning was the word. Come on now. If it's going to start with the word, you're going to have to keep the word in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. That's a word of identity. Letting the words of Christ dwell in you. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when you put the word in you, you are manifesting God. You're taking him in you. You're putting him in your heart, and then what's going to come out of your heart is God. So when you speak to something in this glory and honor, it yields to what you say. Everything moves when you talk. Everything moves when you pray. God is not going to change the call of your dominion. He's not going to change the call of your dominion. He's always God would do something about it. I know that, I understand that heart. That's just an untrained person. And nothing's going to happen. I had to tell somebody, you're not trained. I just had to tell them. You're going to have to go somewhere and get some training. If I'm your pastor, fine. But if I'm not, you better find somebody. Because what you're doing it's got error written all over it and the devil know it. He knows if you know. He knows if you know. So you're going to have to spend time what? Knowing. How do you know you renew your mind? Amen. Amen. And then you believe the gospel. Faith is not hoping some turn out. Faith is knowing it's going to turn out. Faith knows the outcome. And they go, oh, I hope and wish this. No, you don't understand faith yet. And you have to become skillful in this. You got to put some time in this. You got to eventually turn off bond and five. Amen. Praise God. And read the four gospels. And read the epistles of the letters that tell you who you are in Christ. You got to spend some time in that. It, it, you know, praise God. Jesus came to seek and save that which lost. What was lost? The identity of man. And what is Satan doing? Blocking who you really are trying to he's trying to block who you really so God had to send Jesus to say this is who you are this is man I'm restoring the image back to him now let's look at this and it says and the same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him the word is the maker of things if you want something to happen you're going to have to use the word to make it happen amen praise God you know, when people come and, and, and uh, somebody asks me for scriptures on, on a mate. Somebody asked me for scriptures believing God for a mate. So I just went down through the scriptures and I sent them to them. I said, this is, these are scriptures you can believe for. You're supposed to use faith for everything. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to get that you don't get by faith? If you try to go out and try to be to believe and live by the belief, but you got your own rules, how you going to get a mate? You're going to jack some stuff up. When the Bible said don't be unequally yoked to get an unbeliever, you can't go get an unbeliever. 
Don't be dragging something in here on no chain because normally it don't work. Because I'm looking at it when they drug in here. I know right off that don't want to be here. I don't know what it is, but it don't want to be here. It's in the body of a man, but it ain't a man. It's not what God made, what is man. It's got a body of a man, but it ain't a man. Uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was so disrespectful to God, so the presence of God pulled off of it. And he started acting like an animal, eating grass and crawled around for a long time out there, snorting around in the dirt. And living outside and dew and rain. He didn't even have enough sense to lay in a bed. The presence of God comes off of us. And the, the devil tries to distort us into some kind of image that doesn't belong to us. You want to stay close to God so you can keep looking good. You want to stay close to God. I want to stay close to God because God is how I'm supposed to be looking. I ain't supposed to be looking at stuff. And that's why the Bible said, don't you be conformed to the world. It'll make you something you are not. It makes man something he's not. Makes him a liar. Makes him a steal. Makes him a killer. It makes him something he's not. Makes him a swindler. It makes him darkness. It makes him something he's not supposed to be. The devil is an image distorter. And he starts early in life. He wants to mess with children early in life. And thank God for, for Hannah that took uh, Samuel into the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. Because God's presence was in that house, even though Eli wasn't even living right. Eating too much food, always wanting a Big Mac. Biggest size. Two of them. <laughs> he was so big, the Bible said when he fell off a pedestal, he just bust open. That's too much weight. Come on. That's just too much weight. Come on now. But, but you praise God. Samuel didn't pick that up. He didn't pick that up because he was dwelling in the presence of God. If you dwell in the presence of God, praise God, in his presence is fullness of joy, you're not going to look like the world, even though it's all around you. Because Jesus prayed a prayer, Father, I'm going to keep them from the evil that's in the world. I'm praying for them, but you got a prayer to keep you. Amen. That's why even if you're doing wrong, you're hearing something. Get out of there. Yes, you are. If you're a believer, yes, you are. You hear, wait a minute, that ain't right. Yes, you are, because the Holy Ghost is on assignment to glorify you. He's on assignment to perfect you. He's on assignment to transform you to the image of Christ. And anytime you move away from it, he's talking to you. And don't let look at me like you don't hear that voice. Yes, you do. Amen. And he tells you over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, he does. You're in the wrong place. Yes, he does. I know because I know he talked to me. And you can act like you only whatever tonight, but I know better. I know better. You, you can't have no fun being no sinner. No, you can't. Because they don't hear nothing. Boy, we had a good time last night. And then you sitting here on Sunday morning, my God in heaven. Cover me, Jesus. Because <laughs> they don't know no better. You can't, have no, you can't have fun being who you not. You are not a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And for the rest of your life, the Holy Ghost is going to, is talking to you and is going to be talking to you about conforming to the image of Christ. And he's going to put people in your pathway to talk to you about changing. Why? Because he said, I'm going to work in you. 
I'm going to keep working my plan in your life until Jesus comes back. And that's God's promise. Amen. Come on now. Praise God. It says right here. And he says, right, all things were made by him and without him and not anything that was made. You want something to happen? You're going to have to get the word in it. God will bring you your mate. Just stand on the word. If you believe for it, I'll just shoot you the same scriptures I shot the other person. Bam, you got them. <laughs> and every word I'm going to come back. Make your life a word life. Make your children word children. Make your home a word home that looks like the word of God. Make everything that you have a word life. Amen. Praise God. It's called the word of life. That's what John called it. It's a word that manifests in life. What you see on these pages can, uh, are tangible and they can become a, a living part of your life. The word comes off the page and become what, you, what God said it to be. If it said by his stripes you are healed, then the word you believe that, then it will come off the page and, and the anointing will hit your body and will transform it into total wholeness and soundness. It'll change your finances. It'll keep you from thinking defeat and thinking, even thinking failure and thinking I'm losing. And somebody can have the advantage on me. No, no, nothing has the advantage on you. When, the, when God gives you the word, you got the advantage. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the word made flesh. He walked over top of the devil, defeated him, took his keys from him. When you take some keys, you tough. <laughs> he took the keys for hell and death. He don't control your destiny no more. Jesus got those keys. Now look what it says right here. And the light, he says, and it says, in him was life. What life, we're not talking about existence. Because some people just have existence. They just here. God did not give you existence. He's talking about the quality of life that he lives by. So God took the quality of life he lives by and put it in a man. Amen. He took the quality of life he lives by and put it in a physical body so we could see what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, so we can see it. And he's ready to take the same physical life, same, same spiritual life and put it in your body. Amen. The Bible said, uh, the Romans said it will quicken your mortal body. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. It'll make your body strong. You'll start having vitality. You will say, Father, I receive the abundant life. I receive life. Come on now. You can get a promotion, praise God. You can start looking good and have your youth renewed like the eagle. You can be standing straight up at 90. People won't even know how old you are because he keeps renewing your youth like the eagles. Yes, you can. They, they, they told me medical science don't even know why your body dies because every cell is, is, is replenished in seven years. Come on now. Praise God. So in the seven years, I want to see you looking good. You got seven years to look your best. <laughs> Giving you seven years to speak the word. Come on now, looking your best. Instead of Todd telling me, parents, pray for this, this, and all that stuff. Got me praying for all of your organs. And all you had to do was get up and say, thank you for renewing my youth like the eagles. Got me prayer lines and stuff like that. Anyway, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. Amen. And the light shineth in darkness. Come on now. You are a darkness dispeller. Come on now. You say you are the light of the world. The man, what is man? He's a darkness dispeller. He's got life on the inside of him. That's why he said you will lay hands on the sick, 
and they'll recover because that life is on the inside of you, praise God. And when you really, that's who you are. You lay hands on the sick and they recover. He didn't ask you to go and try to do 29 penance to get like this. This is who I made you. These signs shall follow them that believe. What? Believe that the image of God is on the inside of them and the likeness of God is on the inside of them and they live to fulfill their destiny. See, I can't be a part-time hand layer and a full-time entertainment lover and this work. No, I got to be a full-time life-filling, amen, uh, Holy Ghost-filled, power-receiving, in the will of God living, so that when I put my hands out there, yeah. Peter found that out, his shadow started healing people. He realized I can just walk down the street and people get healed. We got to get, we got to get accelerated. Yeah. Yes, we do, but they were devoted to the word. They gave themselves to the word of God and prayer. That's how they lived. You just got more TV temptations than you got that Peter didn't have a 75-inch screen that he can go home and watch dirty, dirty, dirty on. You, he didn't have that in his house. He barely had a Bible around it. He, he barely had anything around it. You got, all, you got all the materials and the media and the equipment to be big-time sinners, but you have been kept by the power of God you should have been messed up worse than you are. This is this more darkness than ever been. Gross darkness is out there right now. The baker came in this week and talked to us. He came to see the price. He said, Pastor Rogan, it's dark out there. I'm seeing light, man. <laughs> I'm seeing light out there. I ain't got to be told that. I know that's out there. I'm moving to the light. And my light is shining in the darkness. And the darkness comprehend it not. Not darkness. Light says, light says, darkness says not. We can't go because light is over there. It moves when you just flip a switch. How do you flip a switch? You say, I'm living life and life more abundantly. Praise God. And the light starts working in you. How did God get light? Light be. Amen. Father, I want to thank you that you made me a light in this world. I received the calling of God. I'm a light in the midst of darkness. You got to say who you are. You got to let the words get in you. Jesus is the word made flesh. The word will start working out of you. The prosperity word will work out of you. The healing word will work out of you. The deliverance word will work out of you. Joy that no man can take away will start working out of you if you start saying, I receive the joy that no man can take. I'm not moved by letter. I'm not moved by trial. I count it all joy. I'm going to count some joy right now. I'm counting joy in the morning. I'm counting joy in the evening. I count it all joy. I don't count doom and gloom. I don't count my trials. I count joy. I get joy when I think about what you've done for me. I get joy when I think about joy, 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 joy. Yeah. I talk about the word. I'm becoming the word. I'm not what I used to be. I'm being transformed. I'm transforming. I'm like the butter. I'm like the butterfly. I used to, I couldn't fly. I used to have to crawl, but now God done done his thing on me. The Holy Ghost is conforming me. 
I keep conforming to what I'm looking at. And I'm determined to look at Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of who I really am. I'm a work in progress. Don't look at me right now. I'm changing. Don't count me right now. I'm changing. I'm not, I'm not going to stay like this. I'm transforming. I'm in this cocoon. I'm like a butterfly. The Word is doing its thing on me. The Word is becoming flesh. I'm letting the Word get on the inside of me. It's changing my mind. I got to go now because Pastor Cindy looking at her watch. She doesn't change as much as she wants to change tonight. So you can come by letter. Come back for baptism. A candidate for baptism. The doors of the church are open. <laughs> Keep the doors open because the gates shall not prevail there. No, he's got crowned you with glory. Now I got to skip down here because I ain't got time. Now I got to jump down to 14. And the word was made flesh. The word can become you. Yes, you can. Oh. You can have whatever the word said you can have. You are whatever the word said you are. You can do whatever the word says you can do. Yes, you can. Because the word becomes flesh. The Bible talks about there's many different kinds of flesh. The flesh of the animal, the flesh of the bird is totally different. But the flesh of man. God spoke that stuff into existence. He said, let it be, but he took the dirt. He formed you. He said, I, 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 I'm forming this because I'm going to get in this. <laughs> he said, I, he said, I, I got to be careful what I'm going to get in because I ain't going to get in just anything. I'm not going to get in no giraffe. God said, I'm not going to get in a giraffe. I want my neck that long. I don't want people talking about me. <laughs> I don't want people talking about me. He said, he said I ain't going to get in no crocodile, all that hard skin on your back. I sure ain't going to get in no ape. I ain't going to be hanging in a tree all my life. I'm not going to get in any gorilla. That's just too much hair. I don't want to have that much hair all on my body. <laughs> I'm not getting in a gorilla, so I'm going to make something. <laughs> and I'm going to crown it with glory and honor. Amen. I'm going to let it have dominion. It's going to have dominion over everything. Everything that crawleth on the earth, it's going to be so awesome that it rules the whole planet. I'm going to get in that. That's what I'm going to get in. And then the Bible said he formed it for, and stood that body up and said, Oh, don't you, don't you want your stuff back? Aren't you glad Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost? And because you are God-breathed, a God-made person in the image and likeness of God, all that Father has is going to come to you. Yes, it is. All that Father has, praise God, God made a man and got all these accessories. Man's got all these accessories. Amen. And the first accessory, he put a mate with him. 
I said, it's easy to find out if you're supposed to be married. Are you a eunuch? No, no, you're not. I've been pastoring for 25 years. I ain't had one eunuch in the church. A person that's not interested in physical intimacy. I said physical intimacy because Olivia's sitting over there. I have had one eunuch in 25 years. Paul said, um, I wish people were like me. He didn't say you had to be. That's a gift. Because that person is going to devote their life to God. They're going to be totally devoted to God. You ain't going to see nothing like it. He said, the moment you get married, you're going to have to start caring about the things of your mate. Yeah. We having a cleanup day down at the church. You can't come. Why? Because your wife is scheduled honey day. Right on the cleanup day. Your wife is scheduled honey day. Honey, do this. And uh, honey, get this. Amen. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You get married, you're going to have some honey do this times. Do this, honey. I'm passing, do me, honey. Do, I just give us something to do back. But then you do this. Let's see how much honey you got. <laughs> then you do this. And you do this. That's what's going to happen. Praise God. But if you know you were not created with that gift, then God's got a mate for you. So what did he do to Adam? He brought him to him. But the devil told you, ain't nobody coming. God ain't going to bring nobody. You're going to have to go out in the mighty jungle and get you a gorilla. <laughs> bathe it and clean it up. Shoot some, shoot some cologne on it. Because you don't believe the word. God said he'll bring them to you. Just listen. Faith and patience. Sometimes we major in faith, but we forgot about patience. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. The promises. The promises he told you to believe in. The promises he told you to change so you can live in them. No, he said, I know the plans I got for you. I got plans. He said, I got plans for you. You should get a book and you should write down the plan of God. That's why I write down what he say about me. Because I don't ever want to be confused about me. I don't ever want to be confused about me. Conformity, you're dealing with conformity or you're dealing with transformation. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I choose to change. Why your head bouncing? Like you in the, are you in agreement with everything I said? You endorse this message? Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Lift your hands to heaven.